Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hello? Hello there. Hello. And you know what? I just realized I was on mute. I've never done that before. I am so sorry. Uh, So you didn't hear any of that, did you, Lisa? I did not. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I we have painters here. So I apologize because I didn't realize I was on mute. So good morning and welcome back to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence today. And Lisa, I'm your host with another episode of Amplify Your Influence. And I did mention a little bit about you, and I'm going to do this again because I definitely want people to hear your background. Uh, So is it okay if I do that? Absolutely. All right. Okay. So Lisa Willis is a basketball legend who has achieved great success both on and off the court. With a standout career at UCLA, Lisa went on to win a gold medal for the USA, become a WNBA first-round draft pick in 2006, and led the league in three-pointers in 2008. She continues to excel beyond basketball, becoming a European champion, the first woman to coach in the New York Knicks franchise and being inducted into the California Interscholastic Sports Hall of Fame in 2020. Her Amazon best-selling book, When the Buzzer Sounds, explores the awesomeness of self, others, and impact and provides practical strategies for navigating through challenging and changing situations. Lisa's achievements continue to inspire many, particularly young women, and make a positive impact on the world. And like I'd mentioned, Lisa, Happy Monday and welcome to the show. Thank you for gracing us with your incredible wisdom and perspective on today's show. How are you doing? Oh, I am doing really well. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here. And I know that we've connected on LinkedIn and, you know, we've we've had some conversations and I've been watching all of your live videos because I, I just love them because they're so inspiring uh, that you do on LinkedIn. And with resilience, and mindset and strategies, we're going to kind of get into, you know, a lot of the things that you do in your daily work. And first off, you know, I would love to find out, you know, you emphasize the power of resilience and navigating life transitions. Can you share a personal experience where resilience played a crucial role in overcoming a significant challenge or transition in your life? Absolutely. I mean, they, these, these adversities and challenges, they date all the way back to nine years old. And I, I know that mm-hmm. they've happened before then, but I have my earliest memory 
of just having to overcome and bounce forward when I was nine. But we're adults mm. still here, so I will give you <laughs> I will give you something a little more <laughs> a little more recent. Um, yeah. I guess I would say when when my dad passed away, um, um, that was a great opportunity for me to be resilient. My definition of resilience um, is to recover quickly to a state better than before. And a lot of times mm-hmm. people feel like in situations of, well, how can you be better than before? Because your loved yeah. one, my dad in this case, he's not coming back, and he's definitely not coming back better. So how mm-hmm. can I be better than before? And in that yeah. situation, um, I think it's really important to identify what the actual adversity is. I'm not recovering from my dad no longer being here. I had to recover from what his absence meant to me and what and and how could I move forward when I don't want to move forward because I'm grieving yeah. and there were right. things that my dad and I planned to do together and so I don't want to mm-hmm. do it without him. So I had to be resilient with that. And in doing so, uh, that actually is what sparked my speaking career. Now, I have been speaking since 2005 on and off, but when my dad passed away, that had me thinking more so about how life is short because he was early 60s, so that's considered a young man. Um, So how life is short and how, you know, there are things that I do want to be able to get done. And so... I had to move forward. As hard as it was, I had to move forward and I had to look for opportunities and I had to take those opportunities. And from there, I started doing uh, more workshops, more trainings and more keynotes because I said, Mm -hmm. you know what, I want to be a world-renowned, highly sought-after, transformational speaker. Wow. Well, and I love that. You know, and you, like you said, you know, shortly after his, you know, his loss, this just kind of propelled you into speaking and, and amplifying your influence, you know, many years ago, back in 2005 or, or in that area. What what was it that helped you to make that transition? You know, going from, you know, the grief and, you know, what you experienced losing your dad, and what was that, I guess, that trigger that said, you know what, I need to get up on stage and I need to do workshops, you know, that, that moment that that happened? Yeah, there were so many, like, I feel like I had uh, a short basketball career as far as professional basketball. I played four years in the WNBA, four seasons overseas as well. And Mm -hmm. I have friends where, comparatively speaking, uh, which we should not do, but comparatively (laughs) speaking, they played, I mean, some of them are still in the league right now. And so it was just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, it's like, how do I make sense of my career? Not just the W, but college and high school. And in trying to, because now I'm at seemingly the end of the road and I have to transition. It's been a couple years mm-hmm. since I've actually retired from playing. What, yeah. How do I make this make sense so that my legacy mm-hmm. and, you know, my talents could continue to live? And so that was really what sparked it and me not wanting to just be stagnant. Like I just knew like there's 
something more. I'm a competitor. And so there's something yeah, more exactly. to my life than just <laughs> taking these cards and just looking at them. Yeah. Well, and you have perseverance, you know, and, and I mean, just the way that you show up on, on the LinkedIn lives that you do and how you really put yourself out there as an advocate, someone that is absolutely about resilience and wanting to help so many people. And I know that you are an Amazon bestselling author. Let's talk about your book, When the Buzzer Sounds. Uh, and it, it, you know, it has so many wonderful things that, you know, help people with self-awareness and, you know, provides practical strategies for navigating through challenging and, and changing situations. So how did that come about when, when the buzzer sounds? So I actually did it backwards. A lot of people write a book and then they start speaking. I was speaking and then I wrote a book. <laughs> oh. And so I took. <laughs> a lot of the things that I was talking about uh, when I was talking to teams and organizations, um, executives, I took a lot of those things and put it in the book. One reason that I was pretty successful with my speaking um, was because I used sports analogies and sports philosophies to break down non-sport related topics so that everybody could understand. So now everybody, whether you play basketball or sports or not, you can have that aha moment that will now propel you to uh, perform higher in whatever you're doing. And so taking all of that, Mm -hmm. yeah, so so taking all of that and putting it in a book was something that my dad and I talked about, one, but two, um, I can't speak everywhere. I'd love to try, (laughs) but I can't (laughs) speak everywhere. And so it was a cost-effective way to still get my messaging out. Yes. And and the great thing is, is that, you know, you talk about strategy, you talk about competitiveness, you know, in, in the talks that you do. So really that would apply to so many different industries because a lot mm-hmm. of sales folks out there are people that can really use the, you know, that kind of that game plan. That's what I think of, you know, what, what's the yep. plan and, and how does it execute? Uh, Yeah, so you know what, Lisa, we are going to go ahead and take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners, and uh, then we'll come right back. So Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now we're back to amplify your influence on Women Lead Radio with our leading lady, Lisa Willis. So, Lisa, uh, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the book and, you know, how do you use the book when you're out speaking and, and you know, kind of pull it all in and, and have the audience really experience all of what you do? Yeah, well, um, I use the book, oddly enough, I use the book more in non-athletic spaces than I do in athletic spaces because, I mean, people recognize that 
uh, whether you're talking about role versus identity or worth versus value, resilience, mm-hmm. like these are all chapters of the book, but these aren't sports issues. These are human issues. And so yeah. I'm able to um, to share with the audience, you know, stories from the book and concepts from the book, kind of to wet their whistle in hopes that they will actually buy the book um, and go deeper. Like it, yeah. the book is really about transition. And I always say, like, change is free, but the transition is going to cost you. Like, with mm-hmm. that, I want them to be able to take my words and then flip it and make it their own. And when you get the book, you're able to put yourself in different situations to um, to really understand how your role is different from your identity. That alone mm-hmm. is going to help you perform higher, you know. And so I I weave a couple of stories from the book together to create mm-hmm. my my signature speech and um, or at least the framework. And that's kind of how I use the book and keynotes and yeah. pretty much the same way when I do workshops on a specific topic from the book and just dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. And now you mentioned your signature talk and wanted to share with us what your signature talk is. Yeah. So my, it, it talks about, you know, um, it's a it's a journey through my career from essentially college to the pros um, where it's basically telling the audience the moment that I had to realize I was enough. Um, oh, and so, you know, there are so many different things that could make you, despite your accolades, despite what other mm-hmm. people are saying, despite mm-hmm. getting drafted first round to the home team, I found myself crying before my first WNBA game. Um, and my mom had to tell me mm-hmm. that I was enough. And so um, that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. in my in my home office, I have my background mm-hmm. that says already enough. I give out wristbands that say already enough oh, because that's a yeah. message that so many people mm-hmm. need to know and need to hear, and I'm always happy to be the one to tell them. Oh, that that's such a tender moment, too, for your mom to kind of just reassure you that you are enough. You know, you're there's mm-hmm. no more. You just need to persevere and keep going. And yeah, that I thank you for sharing that, Lisa. I mean, it's very, um, uh, just very inspiring. And, uh, you know, when when I look at you, and I think, gosh, you know, here you are this NBA, you know, legend. And Think back, you know, when you picked up that that basketball, what was going through your mind and what really kind of piqued your interest with basketball? So this is going to catch you off guard, but (laughs) it's nothing profound, I promise you. Um, (laughs) I had a crush. I had a crush on this fifth grader. I was in the third grade. I had a crush on a fifth grader, and he played basketball. So I was like, cool. Cool. We're going to play basketball, too. Now, it helped that my dad was a basketball coach, um, so I had already been familiar with the game. But what made me actually pick up the ball was the guy that I never got. Oh. Yeah, it didn't even work out. (laughs) Oh. But you know what? The great thing is is that it it gave you this 
wonderful, you know, career in basketball in the NBA. So it it worked yeah. out, right, for you. Absolutely. I yeah. think so. I think I won. I think so, too. You're a winner. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, kind of shifting a little bit, we're going to uh, kind of shift into mindset and, you know, mindset for success. And I'm curious, Lisa, um, you talk about the impact of mindset on success. And can you elaborate um, on a specific mindset shift that is essential for people to achieve goals and navigate through their professional and personal transitions? Yeah, I think there are two, maybe three things that I'd like to share. The first thing is when it comes Mm -hmm. to success, you have to define it. No one else Mm -hmm. can define success for you because that's when you end up with a lot of achievements, but you still don't feel successful. Like, yeah. and for me, success is setting out to do something and actually doing it. And the inverse is true with failure, setting out to do something and not doing it. When I look yeah. at success like that, that gives me so many opportunities to be successful in, in, a, in a single day, but also a lot exactly. of opportunities to fail, which makes failing a lot less scary, you know. So Mm. the first thing is just set, you set what success looks like for you. And then the second thing is you have to take ownership over it. Like no one can be successful for you. No one, like Mm. nobody can do it. You have to be the one that if you are asking for help, well, then you're asking for for help. You took control of that. You, you're taking ownership over your success process and, and journey. And I think that those things are really important because we find ourselves in a situation where we're stagnant and we're wondering, like, why am I not successful? And it's because yeah. you have not done what it takes to be successful. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it is, as simply put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, when I think about that, that really does make sense because we, we want to overcomplicate things sometimes, you know, where we mm-hmm. think, gosh, you know, to be successful, I have to do all these things or other people need to help me be successful. But really, it starts with us. And like yep. you said, just taking ownership and, you know, making things happen. You know, if nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think that I think that we we stand in our own way. I mean, we have to if we're the only ones that can get us to be successful. But I think that one thing that we allow to slow us down is not having the resources. Like just because yeah. we don't have financial resources, that doesn't mean we can't be successful. That just means get a little mm-hmm. bit more creative about how mm-hmm. you're going to get the financial resources, which then will be a success, and then from yeah. there build on that success. And uh, I would say one more thing is stop comparing yourself because you don't really know the cross that somebody else had to bear to get to where they're at right now. Like if That's people funny. knew yeah. what it looked like for me, <laughs> they might not mm. want it. You know, a <laughs> lot of people can look mm. at me as successful or not. It's up to them. It uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but if they knew that I was up at 5 o'clock every morning, even mm. on the weekends. They were like, oh, ah, I like sleeping a little bit more. If they knew the yeah. hours I spent studying resiliency and watching film, and I, mm. they might not want it. 
So you can't right. compare yourself. Hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people end up doing that, you know, and then they feel like it's not attainable because, gosh, look at them. I can't do what they did, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's all, again, it kind of goes back to us, you know, and how how successful we want to be in life. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, in navigating career transitions, you know, the from your experience, what advice do you have for people looking to make significant changes in their professional life and how they can maintain a positive mindset through the process? Yeah, I think that if if they look at where they're currently at and mm-hmm. um, even their <clears throat> excuse me, even their most recent role, like Think about what you've gained from that. Like, so I I work with athletes in transition, and I can tell you that athletes are, um, they're quick learners. You have to be able to um, hear a play and then go execute in 60 seconds, sometimes 30 seconds. Like, you're hard workers. It is. Yeah, (laughs) that is. A lot of people are watching you. you Yeah. you know how to defer your gratification. You know how to be a leader. And if you were a captain, you have the positionality of leader. And it's like moving forward, you have to take yourself with you. And that essentially is the the purpose of my book, When the Buzzer Sounds, to let yeah. people know like, okay, when this chapter ends, that means a new chapter is beginning. Just like how you walk mm-hmm. in or out of a door, you're still yeah. the same person, but you're walking into something else. And a lot of times yeah. we don't bring mm-hmm. our full selves, especially if our from two don't really mm-hmm. align or they seemingly don't align. But it's like, yeah. yes, your two roles have changed and they may have drastically changed, but who you are, you get to take that with you. And so I'm I encourage you. people, take your full self with you. Because that is why they're going to hire you, is because of who you are, yeah. not necessarily the job description. Right. Oh, that's good. That is really good. Because I, I, when you were saying that, I was reflecting back on when I went from, you know, my career in the corporate world to owning my own company. And I initially didn't bring my whole self. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was in this imposter zone and, and had to get through that. But yeah. Wow. That that's pretty. That's good stuff, Lisa. Very good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to. You know, we have a, a few minutes left, and I have some really kind of cool questions that I want to go through. Um, you know, in in terms of self care, um, you know, you touch on leadership development, and in your view, how does an in, individual mindset influence their effectiveness as a leader? And what advice do you have for aspiring leaders and cultivating a resilient mindset? Um, The first thing I would say is watch how you talk to yourself. Like Mm. we, we are way, like we're so kind and gentle and we provide grace and mercy to others, to other people that we care about and even to people we don't care about. But then when it comes to ourselves, the moment we do something wrong, we start name-calling. We start viewing oh. ourselves in a negative manner. Like, yeah. we, talk to each, we talk to ourselves the most, and it's not always pretty. When you want <laughs> no. to be resilient, 
you have to be kind to yourself, just how you would yeah. be kind to somebody else and help them, you know, get through uh, their situation. So check the narrative that you're telling yourself. And sometimes, you know, I'm I'm big on emotions, but when it mm-hmm. comes to being resilient, sometimes you have to table those re- those emotions and just stick with the facts because it's the facts that will help mm-hmm. you to clearly see and strategize on you know, how you're going to move forward and how you're going to find opportunities and how you can really embody the growth mindset. So Mm -hmm. resilience to me is like a second chance. And then if you need it, it's a third chance. And then if you need it, it's a fourth chance. And you don't get all of those (laughs) chances. Exactly. And you don't get all those chances if you're not kind to yourself because you're never going to actually take the opportunity to be resilient. Right. And people will beat themselves up all day long, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they get caught in that and just sometimes they just can't move forward. And and that's where, it, you know, you and your book and how you show up on stage, I think that that's just very awe-inspiring because, you know, I, I've watched your videos, like I mentioned, and it just, I find myself, yeah, that I feel that, you know, <laughs> so no, great, great stuff, Lisa. And, you know, when you think of the future and the near future, what's next for you? Um, I am looking to really grow my um, coaching business. So right now I do executive coaching and I do um, uh, transitional coaching for former athletes. And so yeah. just really looking to grow that part of the business even more. Um, I have a children's book coming out, Camille, the Comeback Kid. Oh, congratulations, the Comeback Kid. Is that what you mentioned? The Comeback Kid? Camille, Camille, the Comeback Kid. Camille, the Comeback Kid. Yeah. So those are two books I'm going to have to read. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's so awesome. Well, congratulations. And when does that book launch? Uh, we will take pre-sales on Black Friday. So on Black right Friday. Right around the corner. So that's yep. next Friday. Oh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> I know. Can you believe the holidays are already here? Next week is Thanksgiving. How about that's that? Oh, <laughs> I man, know. It, it is. It definitely is. And, you know, we have just about a, a minute left, and there's one question that I think this is going to be fun for you. Um, okay. When you think, yeah, so when you think of a, of a toy, like, you know, think of Toys R Us. If you were a toy, what would you be and why? Ooh. 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 <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got me. Oh, if I were a toy. Yeah. I would probably be, see, my mind went, like, resiliency already, and so I was like, um, I'd be a yo-yo because I'm snapping back. Oh, but, oh man! <laughs> and that's okay I if wanna, you if you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe I would be a frisbee, easy going, just floating. Oh, tons of fun oh, for everybody. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's cool. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> do you do you have a frisbee? I don't. Oh, so see, now you have to go out and get one and just right. feel that. Just know that that's, you're free, you know, free-spirited and getting out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, gosh, you know, Lisa, this is, uh, this is the end of our show and I know our listeners may want to reach out to you. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, they could contact me at contact at lisacwillis.com and my social media Instagram is lisawillis40. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lisa. And that is our show for today. We hope you've gained new ideas and wisdom from our powerful guest, Lisa Willis. Thank you, Lisa, for being our leading lady today on Women Lead Radio on Amplify Your Influence. And a special thanks to all of our listeners in the U.S. and our international listeners and followers, too. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show on Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my absolute pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and remember to build your influence authentically and compassionately. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.